0: I'm Paris, New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter.
1: And I'm Joanna Sherino.
0: And from room B119 at the Portland, Oregon Convention Center, I'm Zach Ball. <laughs> I mean, no one cares. You could have been in Seattle Go find
2: still. him. Like, yeah, seriously, go find him. Go <laughs> find
0: him and be like, how's the juice? Well, fortunately for we're, me... We're not live. We're yeah, not I was live. Like, fortunately for me, I will not be in this room when this episode airs. I <laughs> will hope. Will you still be in Portland? <laughs> for a short amount of time, yes. So you leave on friday I do leave on friday yes i will hope well hopefully wow. i mean given the weather here i can't promise that i will in, t- in fact return to seattle on on time but that's my fervent belief or hope i should say any apple juice you liked more than other apple juice at the conference well you know the funniest thing about this adam is multiple uh, booths at like the big walk around tasting actually had just like fresh pressed apple juice and i was like ugh i'm not going to take any pictures of this because adam will be like i told you um no i mean we'll we'll get to it on monday when i talk about some of what i've been drinking but yeah there's uh, there's lots of fine. there's lots of fun stuff here for those of us who enjoy cider which i would include myself and of course fine pairs dave and fonte who's here too it's been uh, been fun hanging out with dave a little bit Oh, days the best yes okay cool well what
2: about what about reports on the on the vine pears that we've been reading <laughs> uh, Zach any articles struck your fancy this week
0: yeah I think the the one that I enjoyed the most or at least that I wanted to talk about here is um, actually just one of these um sort of ask a wine pros that we run from time to time this one about uh presenting the cork I think this is like such a funny and yet very to me very instructive piece of like restaurant wine service that I feel like is such an it's like an interesting insight into the kind of conversations that wine people have because this whole thing of like do you present the cork to the guest do you open the bottle table side do you taste the bottle if you're the psalm you know do you how do you navigate all that is both in a way a little bit of like spending far too much time on a thing that the average guest doesn't really think about but also is informative and kind of how you approach service of wine and to me I I felt like as I evolved my service as a sommelier, I tended to prefer to just not deal with the cork, like remove it and pocket it. Because the reasons that you know Hannah lays out in the piece of this, as far as sort of the history of why people would care about the cork, are really not relevant these days anymore. At least not that I can tell. And the truth is, is that the cork doesn't really tell you much about the wine, especially because the vast majority of wines that people are getting in restaurants are not like super old bottles. So it's not like if the cork is falling apart, it, it you know. If the cork is falling apart, that's a very bad sign, but it should, that sign, that sign should be obvious to the person opening the bottle. And in all, it just kind of adds to the. Amount of time the, in their, you know, the exchange takes, and also just kind of confuses people because then they're like, "Well, am I supposed to like smell the cork? Does that tell me something? If the cork smells like cork, is that bad?" And it's like, "No, the cork should kind of smell like cork. Like that's the deal. The wine shouldn't, but the cork will probably smell like cork a little bit." So, anyhow, that was kind of fun for me. I just enjoy reading people's takes on it because you know the the truth is is that there's no absolute true and right answer here. I think it kind of has to fit into the individual service style of the sommelier or wine person, and also the restaurant or establishment they're working in.
1: Yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah. What about you, Joanna?
1: Well, this week we launched a new column that yes. I'm really excited about. It's a monthly column called Techniques, um, written by bartender Jack Schram. And this week for the for the kickoff uh, column, he met with bartender Garrett Richard, who runs the bar program at Sunken Harbor Club, to explore techniques, as the as the column title suggests. Um, uh, this technique being extracts and essences. And basically, Jack will be doing this monthly with different bartenders from around the country. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited about it. Basically, he is speaking with different pros um, about the techniques that they're employing at their bars and then devising ways that um, bartenders or home bartenders can can do it themselves. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited about this. Um, Jack is wonderful. And he has this wonderful voice, and we're hoping to, um, you know, bring some video into this as well to bring it to our audience.
2: Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's great.
1: What about you, Adam?
2: Uh, piece that we published uh, on Thursday, uh, which is all about how tequila spiked yerba mate has become like sort of the cool kid club drink. Healthy club, he- healthy club drink, right? Because yeah. yerba mate has health benefits. We're all in this like,
1: caffeine, cu-
2: you know, culture of wellness, but people still want to get a little fucked up when they go dance and rave until six in the morning. And so, especially at the, you know, really big uh, nightclubs in Brooklyn where most of the raves take place in New York City, you're seeing this massive, massive adoption of Yerba Mate and Yerba Mate drinks, mostly spiked with tequila, although a lot of people are also drinking it with vodka. And I just found it fascinating because, first of all, I don't I think I've only had yerba mate once, mm-hmm. and I just find it so interesting that like people will continue to find ways to stay up and get fucked up, but <laughs> try to do it a little bit healthier. And it's just really interesting that that's become the the trend. And now I'm just waiting for someone to just sell me a tequila spiked yerba mate in its own bottle. Yeah, you know, in a gonna, gourd. Yeah, in a gourd. <laughs> it's, gonna become, it's gonna be. It's gonna become the new things. Yeah. It's gonna become the new things. But really interesting.
1: Yeah, that piece was by Melissa Rich.
2: Thank you, Melissa, for your service. (laughs) Uh, So some news that happened this week that a lot of people are interpreting incorrectly, uh, but (laughs) I'm just being honest, uh, but it's interesting nonetheless. And what we're talking about today is uh, that abruptly uh, Drizzly announced that it is closing. Uh, It's done. Uber's shutting it down. They're not even going to migrate the accounts to Uber. So for those that forgot, in 2022, Uber bought Drizzly for a cool bill. God, those founders are just, like, sweet. <laughs> you know, back in Boston, probably doing Boston things. Um, <laughs> that's where it started. You yeah. know, I don't know, eating, uh, like. Clam chowder. Bar, pie, bar pies and clam chowder and, like, you know, being real obnoxious about the Patriot socks and uh, fucking Celtics. <laughs> like the, just the most hated teams in America. Especially the Patriots. by Bill. Anyways, um, but so, just good riddance. Uh, I can't wait for that f- franchise just go down forever. <laughs> uh, sorry if you're a Patriot fan, but uh, you're, you 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 were a very obnoxious fan base for a really long time, and we were all sick of it. Uh, so anyways, uh, I just I, – I think it's really interesting that they chose to cr- close Drizzly. And to be honest, we've had this discussion, Joanna, you and I, Josh, et cetera, in the office – I have more questions than I do answers. To be very clear, with to our listeners today, uh, <laughs> I do not. I, I I am not the oracle that I often am. Uh, <laughs> wow. You, you know. Uh, Keep going Adam. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it is it is curious. So, you know the biggest the biggest hot take I saw from people, which is the incorrect one that I was referencing, is just that like, oh, this must be an indication that like. On-demand alcohol delivery isn't working and, you know, people don't want to buy alcohol this way and blah, blah, blah. And I think that could not be further from the truth. Uber Eats has a very robust uh, alcohol delivery product and they do lots of sales of alcohol through Uber Eats. Uh, There are other seamless sales alcohol now. There are other services that also sell alcohol. But the closing of Drizzly is very interesting because – why would you spend a billion dollars for something only a few years ago and then and then shut it down? Um, so I'm, I'm curious before we sort of talk about some of the questions that we all have as to why we think that happened. Um, what were your reactions when you first heard the news? Joanne. <laughs> Jana's Many like, reactions. Damn it, I use drizzly every day. We do
1: use drizzly often, actually. At your own home, in your personal life. Yeah, I, I have a few times. I, I I much prefer to just go to a local. What do you mostly buy store? when you buy
2: drizzly? Like you use like, the Bud Light Limes?
1: Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Lime aritas. Twisted teas. Yeah, what else would yeah. you buy?
1: No, sometimes it's just about getting like a s- very s- searching for a specific like, alcohol or wine, and then, like, sourcing from the local places. Who's I got tr- the best price? No, it's not about price. It's about availability.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Like, if I can't find something local to me, just, like, using Drizzly to find it. Anyway, so when this news broke, I can't say I thought much about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> or more
1: just like sad. I got the email from Drizzly that was like, it's time to move on. Mm.
2: It felt bad for all those people who spent all their ad budgets there,
0: but it's just going to shift over <laughs> anyways.
1: I don't know, Zach, did you have a, a much uh, more robust
0: reaction? Well, you know, it's interesting to me because I, I think I've been fascinated by this sort of concept of Drizzly ever since they launched, just in terms of this idea of like, could you build a alcohol delivery platform that was, you know, kind of robust and and had a lot of different markets that it covered? Because one of the fundamental challenges of something like that is you're dealing with such different landscapes legally and sort of just uh, more broadly in, in all these different markets, right? You know, Seattle and and New York are different markets, not just in terms of what people want, but kind of the, the logistics and legalities of how you deliver alcohol to someone's door. And, you know, Drizzly's kind of approach of partnering with local, um, you know, liquor stores and things like that to try and um, facilitate those sales was – you know, interesting, I suppose, really kind of created an interesting concept. Um, I, I think to me, the thing that was always interesting about this and was interesting, I remember discussing this when when the purchase by Uber went through is kind of this question of like, you know, A, as we'll, I think, get into, did Uber see this as a standalone business that they wanted to keep or was the idea all along, maybe we're going to kind of slowly fold in, whether it's some of the the customer data, some of the backend stuff that we don't see as users or just other parts of it, you know, the connections, et cetera, into- Not the data. Not that well. Okay, into Uber Eats,
1: <laughs> <Like> <laughs> corrupted data. Yeah.
0: Um, well, that's yeah. a yeah. That's another story entirely. Um, or maybe it is part of the story. Actually, I suppose we should we should touch on the uh, the data yes. security issue for sure. That may maybe have been mm. part of the problem here too.
2: That's what people. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But I
0: also think the other the other piece of it is just you know as we keep talking about, and I, I don't mean to say that we're repeating ourselves. I think it bears repeating a lot on, uh, in these various topics we talk about. So many of the things that were done and decisions that were made and and sort of strategic. Uh, uh, ventures and things like that that took place in the period of time sort of in and kind of shortly post or at least sort of post covid you know we're just we're seeing that some of what we thought would be the case you know now here in 2024 is true and some things are not and no one has a crystal ball and it was obviously a particularly complicated prediction time and it could be that you know uber was looking at Projection data that said, you know, hey, we think this business will continue to grow. We think there is a market for it, and it may just turn out that it's a lot smaller than they think, and it doesn't make sense to have two kind of competing businesses in the same stable. And that that may be a, a, the simplest, if least satisfying, answer.
1: Yeah, I think that I think it's they bought a competitor and w- always meant to fold it into their existing business, or like, and then close that competitor and then do it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what I think,
2: and I I think. What's the, the reason I think they closed it now was because of partly so here's one of the questions is was it closed now because of the data breach? And for those that aren't aware, there was a massive data breach. Uh, FTC has been investigating Drizzly for a very long time 2.5 right. million people's information. And you have to remember, Drizzly is one of the um apps that we use most regularly that has more sensitive information than lots of other platforms like this, right? So it has your driver's license sure. Uh, so that you can get access to someone's social security number. You can f- figure out where that person lives. All these things, you can see a lot more information about them than just stealing their credit card uh, number. And so the FTC has been investigating. Uh, Uber's been sort of under a lot of hot water because of this and... One of the questions people have is, was it just folded to try to stop this investigation from happening, right? Like huh. because they're not migrating Drizzly's data over right. to to U- uh, Uber. Uber. Now there also might be the assumption. And this is Josh's assumption, and I think it's very smart, that like, the general user of Drizzly is already a user of Uber. So the amount of people they're going to lose will not be that small. And for those people, within the next month or so, as Drizzly winds down, they're going to send a coupon code that says, hey, sign up for Uber and Uber Eats. Here's a coupon for your first alcohol delivery on us or something, right? That is another thing people think because migrating that data, in that dirty data now, that DD, into <laughs> – <laughs> into, Drizzly into uber would be a bad idea right we do not know how corrupted that data is at this point and so therefore it might be better to just close it and walk away i also do think the idea always was to close it yeah but this now has complicated the matter because they probably were going to close it and just migrate the customers as well they're not even going to do that anymore they're just going to say peace out uh which is really interesting I also think that you know one of the one of the things that you've read from people is that uber the w s w a would disagree with this uh <laughs> sorry guys y- you're also fear mongering uh is that Basically, what drizzly, what Uber did not love about Drizzly was that Drizzly, in, in a lot of cities, still uses uh, drivers to fulfill that are employed by the actual retailers, right. and Uber wants the drivers and to come from their delivery network, right? So people who would also pick you up uh, would also, you know, deliver your food or a courier for you, et cetera. They want those same people to be able to go and pick up the alcohol from one of the retailers and then bring the alcohol to you, right? It's, it's an additional thing they can offer to their network of drivers as a way to make money. Mm-hmm. And so one of the easiest ways to do that is to eliminate Drizzly and then say to the retailer, yeah, you want to stay on the platform? Cool. You, you don't fulfill anymore. Like, and if you don't, if, if you insist on fulfilling, like, cool, then you won't be on the platform, and that's fine, because we'll have enough people, and because we fulfill, our driver's willing to go a little bit further than your delivery person was and fulfill at Adam's house in Fort Greene. So, therefore, like, we actually don't need you in the same way that Drizzly needed you, because they you were only six blocks away from Adam's house. Well, it's cool this guy can be half a mile away, because that's, I mean, if you think about what's happening with a lot of these networks where they're farming out the delivery, you know, the... Uh, DoorDash to the World, et cetera, like sometimes you can, I I can look on those food platforms and see restaurants that are well into Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. I live in Fort Greene and like, that's an easy 20, 25 minute Uber ride, but I can get delivery from them. I'm going to be in line, right? Like they're going to, they're going to deliver to other people as they come towards me, but I can get delivery from those places because it's a Grubhub delivery person or whatever. Right. So I think that's also something that could be a factor in why they closed it. I think also the fee structure, right? Yes. So
1: before Drizzly, through Drizzly, the uh, customers are paying the retailer directly, and then the retailer is paying Drizzly a fee. Yes. Through Uber, you're paying Uber directly, and they're they're paying yes. the the restaurant yes. right.
2: So it's you know I think that's also probably why this is happening. I don't, th- I, I think that there is though demand for this. I do think that there is a population of people that likes to order alcohol this way in the moment. Again, this is an in the moment purchase. That's usually what we're probably finding is, and I'm sure Uber has this data based on what they ordered for dinner, right? Mm. So, like, I ordered a, a cheese pie and now I want a bottle of red wine. Why would I go into another app? And what we have to remember, and this is a Josh quote, so I want to credit him, what Uber does is often very good for Uber and not very good for the consumer. And this is probably another decision where this is going to be very good for Uber or good for their business goals and probably not good for the consumer at large, but like, that's why they're doing this, right? So they are probably eliminating more retailers that where you had larger choices Yeah, because exactly. they don't need as many anymore. They, they don't care, right? They also probably are eliminating a little bit of for the alcohol companies, the person who was just buying beer to have beer around instead of going out. Because now I think by tying it so closely to Uber Eats now, it really will become that occasion based, okay, I ordered a burger, now let me get a six pack of like craft beer from somewhere so that I have it to go with it won't be as much as I'm gonna launch Uber Eats just to order alcohol. Mm-hmm. Which is what Drizzly was. Yeah. But again, that's better for Uber because Uber probably thinks that they're increasing the cart size.
1: And is it will it be one transaction?
2: Probably. I mean, if you look at, like, how it's been integrated into the other delivery apps, uh, like, with, for me when I use Grubhub, like, when I order, I'll get these, like, messages that will say, add on from these X retailers right. within the next 30 minutes, and it's still included in your delivery fee, and it will come with the same order, right? Because they basically, the algorithm is showing that there's going to be enough places your delivery person is going to stop, is going to pass by, they can easily stop in and just pick up, mm-hmm. and often a lot of that is beer. And so I'm sure that that's what they'll do too is like, oh, Zach, we just saw that you ordered uh, Dim Sum. Like, here's three different liquor stores that you could add, you know, that you could shop and add on to your order for no extra fee. And Zach is like, oh, you know what? I really wanted, it'd be nice to have, you know, my collection's dwindling. I have no more (laughs) champagne. And I'd like to have a champagne and you add that to the order. How dare you! Yeah. No, it's
1: a non alcoholic drink that he's
2: getting. No. No, he's fucking drinking cider right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So also, by the way, I just want everyone to know that Zach did not do dry January. <laughs> Zach didn't do it. It didn't happen. He never did it. It was a fool's errand for him to even begin because he broke it. He did dude did not even make it to the twentieth. <laughs>
1: It's he suspended it and he'll eat into February. What is that?
2: Have you guys seen that meme where people are like, I'm just gonna make up for it not another month? Yeah, like, I'm yeah. just gonna i I'm gonna sub the fifteenth <laughs> in January for the fifteenth of February. Yeah. That's what that's what Jackson do for the rest of the year. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh the the twentieth of June, that'll be that was that was for January. <laughs> yeah. I
0: bought exactly. that day back. This day where I somehow didn't have something to drink. Yeah, that was uh that was just it was January and whatever month. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I actually think though that the, the point about selection is really fascinating here because I yeah. think it points to the totally different ambitions of Drizzly versus Uber Eats. And, you know, uh, drizzly for, you know, all the things you could say about it. I think it was, as Joanna was talking about at the outset, a a pretty, you know, you could find a pretty wide selection of products, especially in your bigger cities that could be delivered to your door. And it was pretty cool to be able to be like, oh, I'm looking for, you know, a really nice bottle of single malt scotch and I need it, you know, in two hours, or I'm looking for this weird esoteric rum, or I'm looking for this wine or whatever. And, Uber has no interest in that, and, and understandably so. You know, they want to kind of funnel you in the same way they do with Uber Eats to a, a relatively small number of purveyors with a relatively limited menu to make the whole process as uh, straightforward and kind of efficient as possible. And, you know, fine, right? You know, I don't think that inherently is – I mean, I think it's less interesting to me as a potential user of the platform, but in terms of a sort of what they're trying to do, it makes a lot of sense. But I also think that it – is a it become the the sort of conversation or the decision for a retailer uh, becomes more complicated? Where not only are you potentially getting a less favorable sort of payment from the platform, but also you are potentially sort of cutting off a lot of your potential inventory to fit into the relatively small uh, set of options that Uber wants to present to the consumer, and so. You know, I think we'll see how this plays out. I think in a way it, it is a it's a hard trap to evade if you are a, a retailer or, or a, a restaurant or something like that because you don't want to be passing up a sales opportunity, even if it's not a particularly lucrative one for you. But on the other hand, you know, when you, when people are scrolling through, there's a, there's a fine line between having a streamlined set of choices and feeling like the place you're, you're looking at has nothing you want. Right. And, you know, Caitlin and I have come across, across this with Uber Eats and sometimes where, you know, you look at a restaurant and you're like, wait a second, I know this restaurant. This is like a third of their menu. Why is this all I can order here? And, you know, whether it's the restaurant's choice, whether it's the platform's choice, kind of hard to say, but it does create a sort of an, Artificial sense of limited choices, which may not appeal to some current Drizzly users who may be sort of turned off by what their you know what their set of options are on Uber Eats.
1: Yeah, I mean, what am I supposed to use now? Mini bar? Like, I, I use Drizzly a lot for work and to like send a case of cacti to Zach for us to try.
0: Wait a second! Now, <laughs> now I'm glad Drizzly is dying. That was hor- that was horrible.
1: No, but I think it was useful. I also used to use it to like send friend champagne. Yeah. Um, and like actually good champagne versus like whatever you can get through like delivery services, or for gifting. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I agree with you. I'm keen to hear Adam's take, though.
2: I mean, I think that it remains to be seen. But if you if you go to, I'm curious what it looks like in Seattle. If you launch Uber Eats right now in Manhattan, some of the like esoteric wine shops that were on Drizzly are already on Uber Eats. So I wonder if that's because those shops did sell a lot through Drizzly, and Uber's like we're not going to lose them and we're going to make sure that we get them on this platform as well. Um so it it, it I think again Uber had access to both pieces of data, right? So they're going to make the decisions that they think are going to benefit them. Benefit them. Yeah. I think the other thing that they're going to do which is going to I think the other thing that we're going to see is even more ad dollars flood into Uber for alcohol, and mm-hmm. Uber is going to try to convince those these alcohol companies that actually they are. It is more lucrative to be on Uber spending than it was to have been on Drizzly spending. So, like, what would happen often is you would launch Drizzly, right, and you would see an ad for uh, Tanqueray, and like Tanqueray would come up at first, and you could easily populate your cart with Tanqueray, et cetera. And I know lots of alcohol companies spent a ton of money making sure that they were inside Drizzly. You know, as as ads, but I don't know about you guys, but all, like the last three times now, I've been on my way to the airport, and I've been, I just had the Uber app up, and I've looked at like how much longer do I have, like whatever. I've been served an alcohol ad, hmm. and like one that actually Josh got served recently that was really interesting was when he was flying for a wedding in December, and he was served an ad from Maker's Mark that also said use this code at the JFK terminal duty free to get this special bottle and a a swag bag because they know they knew he was on the way to the airport so now they could you could easily see an ad being targeted to me that's like hey adam we see you're on your way home Mm -hmm. make sure that you know a bottle of johnny walker is waiting for you (laughs) and here's here's three dollars off yeah and or here's whatever they you know whatever they legally can do in each state Here's the deal, and then you just click it. Immediately, you're gone to Uber Eats. Your information's already there. You're in the car. You're bored anyways, and you fulfill the order, and they can also, because they know you're on your way home, they can make sure the order arrives after you get home. Right? So, like, you're not – that's sometimes the panic Naomi and I will have. Like, you know, you're in the car on the way home. I want to get delivery for dinner, and then you order it, and you're scared that, like, you're, like, racing the delivery person. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: But they can can fix that because, you know, often – that will be someone that also is aware of your ETA to your home destination. So that's a very interesting proposition to, able to put in front of the marketing people at alcohol companies, say, you know, instead of investing in these shelf talkers inside the store, we can do digital shelf talkers for you when someone's in the car, especially when we know where they're headed, and they have these presets saved for home, office, et cetera. And especially on their way home, we can say, make sure you have your drink when you're waiting for you, blah, blah, blah oh, Joanna, it's Friday, make sure you have everything you need for a margarita mm-hmm. or blah, 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 and serve you the ad. So that, I think, is also why they're doing this. You could not do that in the same way with Drizzly, and they didn't want they're not going to throw you off the app and throw you to Drizzly in that way. Um, so all in all, I think this is going to be something that is going to benefit Uber. They wouldn't have done this if it wouldn't. Um, is it going to benefit everybody else? Remains to be seen. But also, it will definitely benefit Uber.
1: Also, was Drizzly in all markets – or only select?
2: Uh, geez, that's a good question. I think they were most. Yeah, they they really. But Uber I mean, definitely is. Yeah, and like, look, here is other thing that's going to be very interesting, right? Like, let's not forget that WSWA was a major investor in Drizzly. Yep. And <laughs> you know, three hundred plus million dollars, and part of this, you know, thing that they The reasoning is, they said it was it was it was safe, and they were still going through three tier system, and they were checking IDs, like. Yeah. You know, Uber's not going to have that same thing that they're going to do. They're they're not going to, you know, contract with licensed and trained delivery people. They're going to use their their same drivers. Yeah. So, it, it'll be interesting. Like, and they're they're willing to take the liability. Right. At, at some point, if they get caught that someone forgot to ID, then. But you know how many times I had drizzly delivered and I was never ID'd. Oh yeah. All the freaking time. <laughs> Fucking time. Sorry, I'm just gonna say it. People. Uh yeah, so I don't know. It's gonna be it'll it'll be interesting. But I think you people would be remiss to make the connection that this has something to do with, you know, no one wanting to to behave this way anymore. I think people do want to still order alcohol yeah, delivery. Yeah. It's just you know it's not gonna be all the time. I still like to go to the store, Joanny's like, mm-hmm. like to go to the store, you still like to go to the store. And that's I think still how the majority of people like to buy alcohol, but in those last second moments, in those convenience moments, mm-hmm. Uber is really great. That is the same way that delivery food exists. It's a convenience moment. So do I think that like this is the same thing as making sure that someone stock is anyone going to stock their bar with with, you know, Uber Eats only the laziest person in the world.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because you're paying fees on that stuff. Right? Exactly.
2: Yeah. But and and often you're not getting the best price, right? But right. if you want to make sure, if you're on your way home and you were like, all I wanted was a martini tonight, and in the car on the way home, you realize that you don't have gin, mm-hmm. or you're not in the car, you're on the subway, but you don't have time to stop at a, at a liquor store, you can use Uber. And yeah. that's when it works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. All right. Well, Zach, uh, enjoy the apple juice. Um, I'm hoping that it hasn't been too painful for you, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you also had ciders made of all kinds of other stuff, like pears and pomegranates. and oh, We'll talk all about it know, on
0: Monday. Don't you worry. I got a whole Oranges
2: list. and oh God, whole list kumquats and kiwis and carrots. You can tell Adam and, has been anyways. reading SD
0: some, uh, you know, my first fruits and vegetables book or something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Do you have any cider made from grapes? Anyways, with that, uh, I will talk to you guys next
1: week. Have a great weekend.
2: Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now, through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show.